Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Happy day, Christ Greenfield and Lead Time listener. Thank you so much for joining me, Tim Allman, here with my buddy, my pal, Brother from another mother, his name is Jake Bessling. We are having a beautiful day, and we pray the joy of Jesus is resonating in your heart. We believe that eternities are changed when you choose to grow and use that leadership influence uh, for good, for good. So we are joining uh, one another in a unique conversation around minds that are blown open, a limitless mind. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast on... Um, motivation and mindset. Go back and check that out. Today, we're talking about methods. This is super, super practical today, Jake. First off, though, before we dig into this, one of the killers of the methods that we're going to be teaching today from Jim's book, Jim Quick's book, Limitless, is is focus. Yeah, let's start. We, we live in a distracted world, man. Focus, what'd you say? Focus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> focus. Focus, focus. There are too many people that think they can actually what, multitask. You ever mm. said that? Like, I can multitask, I can do all these. Or, or women I've are really good at multitasking, this, bro, you know? and men aren't. Um, it's been proven through many studies of human efficiency that multitasking is grossly inefficient to get things done. That's right. All right, you think you are, but... Try to do one thing at a time. For example, when I need to write a sermon, I have to shut down everything else on the computer and put the phone in my backpack zipped up on silent. I don't want to touch it. And if you go back to the first episode, it's that Pomodoro effect of 25 minutes of really focus. Then you might take a little walk, take a breather, do some push-ups, um, kiss your wife, whatever that might be, and uh, go back into it. Yeah, so focus. another phrase for that five minutes after 25 minutes of focused work is called uh, white space. Juliet Funt, we've heard Juliet speak uh, white space. Here's what white space is. It's the strategic pause between the busyness and it's the oxygen that allows everything else to catch fire. You need to breathe, Jake. What am I doing? Breathing is an aid to help you Focus, and when you focus on your breathing, getting oxygen into your lungs and breathing it out, out with the bad, in with the good, um, it really helps you focus. So in the book, Jim Quick talks about a four, seven, eight method. So here's how it goes. You breathe in four seconds. Through the nose? Through the nose. And then you pause and you hold your breath for seven seconds. I don't know if I can do that. Don't talk. Okay. And then breathe out really strong, eight seconds. All right, four, seven, eight. Who do you appreciate? So do that, and you really focus. For me, in my morning rhythm, I'm outside, the sun is rising, and I'm a Christian. I make the sign of the cross, and I look up, and I do the four, seven, eight breathing, and it really gets my body going, and then I'm actually in tune to what's around me. Then I can focus on reading the word. I I love your breathing. That's a great posture. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Man, I feel good. So oxygen to the brain. Maybe you're one of those people that needs more help when you're distracted. Your brain is all over the place. One thing he says is to schedule your distractions. I love that. 
for some of you, your email inbox or the ample text messages. We've talked about this before. This is other people's agenda for you. A lot of times those emails or texts are not projects that are going to move your influence forward. Big, big rocks you're trying to push up a hill. So maybe you say at the end of the day, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes or an hour, 4.15. I'm going to put 4.15 on my calendar for distractions. Bring them on. And then you set that set that aside. I like that. I love that. Distractions, put it, put it to another time. Let's talk about study habits. Uh, we talked in the last one about what we, we're, we didn't learn how to learn correctly. Um, we just learned a lot of different, different um, or really one method, you know, cram it in, study a lot, study the bold words, and then regurgitate it and you'll forget it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's true. I think it is. Don't you think, I think it's, it's true? So true. That so we true. didn't learn how experience. to learn. Yeah. We learned how to, to rope memorize, maybe. I got to college and they started talking about critical thinking. And I was like, I never had to, you know, essay questions and all that. That wasn't the bulk of my my educational journey. It right. was memorization in order to ace the multiple choice. And for some of you, you learned how to be an efficient, but actually inefficient crammer. Yeah. You're a procrastinator. Yes, you Were are. you ever? I, I don't ever think. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Okay. The not Harvard anymore, right. Medical Journal, Journal has found that cramming leads to many unwanted side effects, including impaired mental function. Crammers often lose sleep, which impairs their mental capacity. Remember the effect of primacy and recent recency? Recency. Recency, yeah. We learn the most at the beginning and the ends of the learning session, what you pick up first from the communicator or the video and also the back end of that. Therefore, elongating your learning on to- one topic is not going to get maximum memory results. Take a So pause. yeah, I mean, just hanging out on one topic, say you're cramming for a test the next day, whatever, like doing that for two, three hours, maybe even late into the night, not to mention the sleep issues you're going to have, that's really going to hurt. So let's give you some better ways, two helpful study habits. One is to employ active recall. Employ active recall. For example, Mm -hmm. you could be reading a book about, well, maybe it's this book, Limitless, and you want to actively learn it and share it. So the the number one thing in the 25 minutes, say you're going to study for 25 minutes or read for 25 minutes, you are immediately going to write either what was uh, most important, most applicable to you, or you're going to verbally share with someone what was most applicable. That employs active recall and helps to more deeply ingrain the learning. Yeah. Listen with your whole brain. Most of us listen twice as much as we talk, um, but our retention is poor. Here's why. The human brain can process 400 words per minute, yet the average communicator only speaks about 125 words per minute. That means that almost three quarters of your brain is not actually being engaged. Uh, Jim Quick teaches this acronym to help us listen to our whole brain. So again, acronyms and alliteration are our friend for deep learning. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) Acronyms are really, really helpful. And so here's the HEAR, H-E-A-R, right up front, HALT. H stands for HALT. Get rid of the distractions. During COVID, many people are multitasking, even probably as you're listening to this, you're probably doing something else. If you really want to hear and retain information, you got to cut out the distractions. 
called. Halt. Yeah. The E is for empathy. Activate, actively put yourself in the shoes of the other person, of the communicator, of the speaker. Try to understand how the speaker is feeling. So feel with them. Yes, A stands for anticipate. Anticipate. You will learn more from a speaker or communicator if you anticipate and attach emotion to what you are hearing. Attach emotion, deeply feeling with the speaker will increase retention. I would go even one step further when it comes to anticipate. Anticipate how this teaching will, in a real tangible way, change your life and the life of those you loved. Love that. Love, yeah. Yeah, and say it, say it to them sooner than later. Here, halt, empathy, anticipate, and review. Maybe you're distracted and you're trying to engage with the speaker, so ask questions. Yeah, be that that person that raised their hand and asked questions. After the talk, go up to them and uh, engage so that you would mem- remember that or probe even further with a comment. And one of my favorite is take notes. Um, Ooh, most you, of us are bad. Yeah, you might not be, you could review them later. That that helps for the memory. Um, and also just being focused on what they're saying and having to put that together. It helps you not be in la-la land. That's right. So the average person speaks 125 words a minute. But this is crazy. Do you know how many words the average person writes a minute? No, tell me. 12. That's like, that was kind of slow to me. I was like, I'm like a 20. Oh, I'd probably write 20, 30 words a I minute. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, but even that's not nearly as many as you speak, 125 words. So there's ample research that shows it. Also, you see us with our pens right now, the research between writing, underlining, that helps to deeply integrate and instill the new learning. So Quick teaches, Jim Quick teaches the capture create method for note taking. So take a piece of paper. What's that? What an awesome name, by the way. Yeah, capture create, exactly, to help us learn very quick. Thank you, Jim. So capture, create. On the one side, you want to write capture. Capture. This is maybe the one word or phrase that is summarizing the rhetorical unit of the communicator. Capture on that side. On the other side is your create side. And here you are moving your brain from creation, from capturing to creation and implementation, moving it applicably into your world. Whatever your world happens to be, at work, at home, I'm going to do something with this information. So separate your note-taking into two sides, create and capture and create. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about the create part and a lot of doodlers, mm-hmm. you know, they're mm-hmm. off into space, but like doodle about what the person's saying. You know, make an image on the create side about what you're capturing there. We can't reiterate enough, too, on review, Yeah. right? Going back and actually reviewing your information. Like, we go to conferences. We just came out of the Global Leadership Summit Conference. I've got my one notebook, and one of my favorite things to do in the morning, because we forget, is to go back and review. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's talk about methods to improve your mind and your memory. Your mind is a muscle. You use it or you lose it. We must Use keep it our or lose it, sister. <laughs> yes, we must keep our brains fit through constant exercises, kind of like your muscles of your body. Memorization is a discipline for the mind. When many of our minds are undertrained to memorize, think about just googling things. You just kind of go to Google and find it out. Even in the church, people will not memorize scripture; they'll just Google it or uh, something like that. Memorization creates a repertoire of what we think about. And we become fluid and competent in things that we have deeply memorized and internalized and uh, reflect on. I think we live in a culture 
where Google, almighty Google, yeah. the Google God. Google God, yeah. Right? And I, I don't have to actually deeply learn no. something. I'll go find I'll just, it. I just go find it on Google. I mean, Google I Drive. I theology on Google. Yeah, all my files right? are on Google Drive. I don't need to remember. Our phone, you know, what, I, don't, I barely know. I know one number in my life, and that's my wife's. <laughs> Probably me too. The second my old one, home phone number. The old church one, yeah. Anyway. But it is interesting if you think about your home phone number from childhood. Yeah. You know, and other numbers, because that's all you had, you had to memorize them. Right. You know, addresses. And but you, I'm going to talk to young people right now. <laughs> you will not get the job that you are aspiring to if you can't creatively and winsomely communicate without notes, just reading off of a, <laughs> you know. I mean, this is this is crazy. We need to train our brains to be really solid communicators. Okay, so what we're going to teach you right now is to turn the main words of a talk, a presentation. This could be informal or formal. Uh, it may be it may be with that sweet lady you're trying to win her heart, Ooh. and and you want to have three four different words. That man, I got to touch on this. I'm gonna move down and just talk about the things you know. But I I want to I want to nail this could be this could be. But we're not gonna we're not gonna quite go there. We're gonna try a quick exercise to demonstrate Jake how to memorize five words and create a story around these words that will help our listener memorize and maybe then communicate these in a talk. So here, here are the five words. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you because they are alliterative, all right? So judge, justice, jury, Jesus, journey. Okay? Can you, can you just rote memorization? Just go rote memorization. You even took a moment to like do that right there. I was looking at something else. Okay, that's fine. So did, can you even recall what I just said right now? Jesus. You weren't here. <laughs> okay. Judge. Uh-huh. Jury. Uh-huh. Jacob. No. no. So, okay, we're, we're going to teach oh, you yeah, a oh, yeah. better way. Uh, most of you, like me, we use alliteration, and it really engages our rote memorization. Think of the way you engaged the uh, periodic table. You had to memorize the periodic table or a multiplication table. I bet you didn't connect story to that yeah, um, we didn't, we didn't, right? we forgot it. So 85% of what most people do with rote memorization is gone in two days. It's crazy, right? So <laughs> we gotta say our, that again. 85%. We're gonna, 85%. We're gonna attach now, right, an yep. image to the word. And so, yep. how are we gonna do this? All right, so picture yourself walking into a courtroom, and there you see this is our first word. A judge. And oh, by the way, this is a Jesus-focused visualization. Oh, not Judge Judy. Okay, it's got not going to be Judge got Judy. It. All right, there is a right, judge. And in the audience are people staring at the condemned. And they are praying for, this is a popular word today, justice. The condemned man's life is literally in the hands of the jury. This is my favorite part coming up. Then suddenly the back door swings open and a man with nail-marked hands walks in and he says, I paid the price for the condemned. He is free. And you go running into the arms of Jesus. Fourth word, Jesus. And he leads you out of the courtroom away from the judge on a journey, a magnificent journey. Adventure. Love it. 
So we have, we're walking into okay. the courtroom. You're already there, and there we see a judge. A judge. And He's then God. we move from the judge, and we also see a group of people who are crying for jury. Well, no, no. Justice. justice. And then you see a condemned man there, and well, then uh, jury. He's moving, and a group Jesus. who's going to condemn him, and Jesus then walks in, and then we're heading out on a journey. wonderful journey. There we go. So there's a number of different ways that you can learn if you attach story. And what story does is it unlocks emotion for you. Think of the greatest talks you ever heard. Think of the greatest leader of all time. He told tangible stories to give the greatest teaching. Yeah, and as Jesus followers, if you could attach these emotions and these images to the Jesus followers around you and in your own heart, this would be the greatest storytelling event of all time in your neighborhoods, in your community, in your boardrooms, in school halls, and on the streets. And mm -hmm. as a leader, let's say you're not even a Christian, somehow you stumbled on this podcast, we're so happy to have you. Yes. Just the power of unlocking what we would say is God-created um, abilities of imagery in your heads. And so you don't have to call it that, but use that with your teams as well. So not only is visualization important, but association is important. You will learn new things more quickly if you associate um, something you already know, experience, see, touch, hold, feel to the new learning. All right, and we're gonna teach you here. And before I do that, I mean, the reason for me, just self-reflection, the reason for me that I bring up Dumb and Dumber to probably an annoying extent for most people Dumber. other than Jake, I mean, we, <laughs> we kind of love Dumb and Dumber, it's because it leads me to joy. It makes me feel like a kid again. It reminds me to take myself and the circumstance less seriously. It reminds me of Jesus being and wow. in control. Yeah, what a power of memory to you through movies in your formative years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Association and visualization can be combined to help memorize any piece of information and possibly share it with others in a memorized talk. Everyone can do this. It's a lot of fun, by the way. First, it's very important to develop a one or two word summary for various parts of your talk. These are often called rhetorical units. If you see this one word, your brain is unlocked to speak about that one word. Fluently. Yep. A cohesive presentation consists of one theme statement with various words supporting your theme. Right. Let's practice this. So this final exercise is legit, legit. Picture a place you frequent. You frequent. It could be your house, a favorite restaurant, or a park. <laughs> True, me too. Okay, you'll use this house imagery uh, to attach the word that you are trying to memorize. And if you missed our talk with yep. Tammy and Tess on the women's ministry and mothering through the mess, we did this very thing, but we're gonna okay. do it a little different. So you walk into your house. I'm walking into my house. The first thing I notice is a green door. I walk into the house and then I'm seeing in this visualization stairs and I don't take the stairs. Instead, I walk to the dining room and from the dining room, I move to the kitchen. And this be the beauty of this exercise is that you connect one word from each rhetorical unit to each spot on your journey through the house. For example, I could say as I'm writing a sermon or giving a talk, as I walk in, I'm letting people into my embarrassing story. And then as I move to the stairs, 
um, uh, focusing on the, someone else's embarrassing story, but I don't want to go down that. So then I'm moving to, so you see you how a family stick, room right. where it's like our embarrassing story or, you know, the dinner table with God's embarrassing story. And yeah. it's, it's, it seems so counterintuitive. Like that's a lot of work. I have to nope. think of an image and then these words, but man, you start, we're visual people. We're image based. I talked to a 23 year old last night and they were like, I love Instagram because I love creating these beautiful images. They're yeah. just image rich. And so taking that image and associating it with words is powerful. Story is attached to our creator God. And uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And a story and visualization, it's just fun. It is. Right? Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think about the the Old Testament people just sitting around campfires, sitting around tables and telling stories. And uh, I'm sure those little kids would visualize these different things about the works of God and what he had done in Israel's past. Yeah. And this is not to, um, our main motivation, motivation is not to make people think that we're all that or we're on spot or that we have it all figured out, but it's to communicate the best story of all of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. So we're using this method even in more of our sermons, kind of that example you just heard, so that we would be better communicators and you should too. Yeah, there are so many ways to learn. It's not really about the method. It's about trying to use the brain that God gave us to bless others. So just think about your motivation. Uh, if you get right down to the heart of, of it, and this is one of my favorite talks uh, at the seminary, who really cares about motivation? But I care about the heart. God cares about the heart. And behind learning new techniques or, or methods for memorization is not you, you visualizing I'm, I'm wooing the audience and captivating people to my excellence or anything like that. Hopefully the primary motivation, the heart behind this is I, I want more people to know who Jesus is, how much they're loved by God. I want people to have this awe and wonder at the partnership opportunity that they get to have to use their brain, their heart, their hands to bless other people. So I pray that the motivation isn't even to win the girl or win the new job. The, the motivation is to bless other people. Amen. You should pick up Jim Quick's book, Limitless. He also has a 20-minute or so podcast um, Jim Quick, check that out. I'm not sure of the uh, the name, but uh, it's really, really legit. And it really reinforces all these different limitless qualities that we have. Sharing is caring. SRS, you should oh, subscribe. Please. You should subscribe to wherever um, you are listening or watching the podcast. You should our review. Would you leave us a good review? And uh, would you share SRS? Share this with people that need to unlock those methods and mindset and uh, motivation. You have a big brain. Yes, you do. But you even have a bigger God. So looking forward to hanging Amen. out with you next time. Peace the Lord go with you. Later. Thanks Peace. for hanging out. Yeah. Peace out. Peace out. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.